Hey everyone, and welcome to The Seed. We are changing over to a new podcast show that is more reflective of where I am in life. Ironically, The Seed was planted by every guest that I had on my Homes and Hops podcast. So listen in, subscribe, and comment on my new monthly podcast, The Seed, which stems from Dandelion Discussions, all about women empowerment, entrepreneurship, and objectives that are often planted in us. Our guest stories are here to inspire, educate, and most importantly, to let you know you are not alone. Hey, everyone. Lisa Resnick here with Nikki Boyer. Hey, Nikki. Hi. I'm so, so happy to be here. I am. It's just like you're the bright spot in my day because we just have, you know, a huge tropical storm come through. So you're like the sunshine. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully this will be a bright of your day too. So I'm going to be honest. It was already beautifully written on your website. So I am going to make you feel really exhausted real quick by listing off all your accomplishments within like, within less than five years, less than five years. Okay. Oh gosh. Is is everybody going to take a nap during this part and be bored? (laughs) Oh Lord. Okay. Let's do it. Are you ready? (laughs) So Nikki is a three-time Emmy award-winning TV host, producer, actress, and podcaster. She created hosted and is the executive producer of the Breakout Wandery podcast, Dying for Sex, which won the 2021 Abbey Award for Podcast of the Year, which people, if you don't know, that is for audio. And what is it, over a million downloads? Oh, gosh, it was, for that, it was actually over, it was over 12 million. Oh, my crazy? God, that's- yeah, I know. I am like, sound like such a humble program. Like, actually, no, you, Lisa, it was over you 12. You earn that. You make sure that that number is right. <laughs> oh, my God. And there's my Ambie right there. See, isn't, isn't he cute? It, he, yes. she, I don't, it doesn't matter. It's gender neutral, but whatever. I am grateful for them. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, you hosted nearly 2,200 episodes of Wondery's The Daily Shimp Mile, the Daily Smile, a podcast about good news. And you also launched the Call Me Curious via Wandery Plus, a lighthearted investigative series which delves into offbeat topics, which I totally still need to listen to the one about the psychedelic drugs. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one really intrigued me because I, I've been contemplating it for myself in my own mind. You okay. Also- well, there you go. You are also a co-host with Ross Matthews with Straight Talk. And you also co-hosted the 2021 Ambie Awards. And you've also been on the Drew Barrymore show. You've been on the Wendy Williams show. But this one is my favorite. Which one? So Nikki, my appearance on your podcast, this podcast, this one one is my favorite as well, but I'm also (laughs) going to share my screen real quick. So Nikki was also a lead singer of a band. Oh God. God. And we're just going to play this real quick. Hopefully the sound will come over. So her band was the spirit theory and ready. Oh my God. Yes. Oh God. (laughs) Your voice is amazing. Aww. 
You are so sweet. I can't believe you dug into the history of my life and found the spirit theory. Oh, this was my favorite. As soon as you told me last week that you were in a band, I can I had to find it. Look at my deep introspective self back then. <laughs> so young. Isn't that amazing? So everybody, check it out. It is online on oh. soundclick.com. You're so sweet. You like dug into the vault. (laughs) (laughs) But I love it. I love you so much. I'm so thank you. So happy that Shelly Marlowe, who is on the call, connected me to you. I mean, we all talk about our connections in life, right? Yeah. And I love how they happen so organically sometimes. Shelly and I were connecting during like years and years ago. And I have things in my home from Shelly. Like I have like, Shelly's just one of those people that it's odd, it's odd that we've never met because I just feel like she's such an important person in the world. And that I don't feel like we're strangers, but I've never gotten to squeeze you and touch you. But um, I'm so grateful that she introduced me to you and that we, we get to do this today. So yay. Oh, we'll definitely be making a trip to California soon. Okay, deal. Palm Spring. Let's go party. We'll have a uh, a working session. Of course. Is that what they call it? I don't know. Yes. It's all for work. <laughs> so with the spirit theory, before you join the spirit theory, because I know that you were in a band. So originally Nikki is from St. Louis, Missouri. And I want to hear your journey throughout life. Where you are now, I mean, you have so many things going on, and I want to hear the growth of all of it and how you got there. Well, I love that you're interested, and I appreciate it because I feel like everybody's got such, if you sit down with anybody, they've got usually a pretty fascinating story. Mine was just, I was just, you know, this small town girl living in St. Louis and, and wanting to do something, wanting to do something artistic. And there's a beautiful community there of artists and dancers and singers. And I, um, I went to an audition when I was like 14 years old with my cousin to be a part of this TV. Um, it was like a, a television station that was looking for teenagers to sort of be their ambassadors, like to go sing and dance and do shows and entertain the kids and also be sort of a link to the television station. And I got the job. And so at age 14, I was doing television. I was doing commercials. I was doing live hits. I was going to schools and um, going to, to do school programs and talk about kids with self-esteem and peer pressure issues. And so at a very young age, I was kind of this oddly, this sort of ambassador uh, for the station. And then um, when I got into college, I decided I wanted to be in a band, right? Because that's what everybody should do in college. (laughs) One of many things. (laughs) Well, with your voice, yes. (laughs) Thank you. And it was a disco funk band and it was like a 10 piece band. And we were, I'm not going to lie, we were kind of good. And we opened up for the bigger bands that would come in. So like, um, Chuck Berry had a band, uh, Chuck Berry had a, a, a bar there and I can't remember the name of it, Blueberry Hill. And we would open up for all the bigger bands that were coming through, but we had a pretty good following. And the guys in the band were like, we want to move to LA. And I was like, well, then I'm going to. So I quit my job at the TV station, 
why on earth did I quit my job at the TV station? I quit my job at the TV station. I said, instead of working in the industry and making a living, I'm going to quit my job in the industry and I'm going to go to LA and try to get a job in the industry. (laughs) But I had big dreams and I wanted to come to LA. I knew I wanted to come here or go to New York. And they were like, Hey, we've got a van and we've got an apartment and we're going to LA as a band. And I was like, this is amazing. My parents were like, this is nuts. But they loved the guys that I was in the band with. And we were very much like family. So about three weeks before we got ready to pack up the van and head to Los Angeles, they all canceled and said, we don't have the money together. We can't do the move. So I'd already quit my job. And so I packed up my little car and uh, moved to LA all by myself. And here I am, what, 28 years later, (laughs) I'm still here. Uh, yeah, so I, I went for it. I, I did it. It was it was looking back. I don't know where I got the nerve and the courage to do it. But sometimes you just, you know, you just get in the car and drive. <laughs> now, how did you how did you land? Was your first would your first TV host position? What it was it called the perfect proposal? Yeah. So right away when I moved to LA, I got an agent very lucky because I had so much tape and so much proof of work from my, my days to hosting the the TV show in St. Louis. So I came out here with a little bit of a leg up, I guess I had um, an agent and I had a tape on myself and my cheesy headshots that, you know, with your hand on your face, smiling with your head cocked to the side, like, look at me, hire me. <laughs> And I came out and I um, I quickly started auditioning and there was so much hosting work at the time. It was amazing. Now all the hosting work goes to the celebrities, right? Like they, they do all the hosting work. Like it used to be Regis and Kathy yeah. Lee, right? Like who were they? Nobody knew them before they started. You know, now it's, it's all celebrity based, which God bless them. I'm sure they need their money. Um, but so when I came out to LA, I was like, I, there was so much work for me and I was so grateful. And then I got that job hosting Perfect Proposal on TLC where I, I helped, I want to say a hundred and I think I had 130 episodes where I helped uh, people propose a, a surprise proposal on camera. And so that was one of my first real jobs in the business. And it was really cool. I still keep in touch with some of the couples that got engaged on the show like forever ago. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Did you, was that your sole job or was it because in Los Angeles and you had mentioned this before in Los Angeles that there are a lot of times people will have various jobs at one time. Oh yeah. I don't think there's ever been a time where I've only had one job except that time during perfect proposal. Any other time I was probably juggling three or four jobs, including working at a restaurant. Cause that's I mean, that's your initiation when you move to LA. It's like, you just have to work. You have to know what it's like to work at a restaurant. And it's the best place to get, to meet casting people and to meet directors. You serve them, you know, a slab of ribs and then you meet your best friends. Um, But when I did host Perfect Proposal, I was on the road for almost two years straight. And that was really hard on my, um, hard on my spirit and hard on my body and also hard on my marriage, you know, which ended up. (laughs) I ended up getting divorced while I was hosting a show about marriage proposals. <laughs> How sad is that? Wow. <laughs> oh, Lord help us all. But um, never in my career have I ever just done one job except during that little two-year sliver. It's always been juggling three or four at one time. Kind of crazy, right? That is crazy. But I'm sure we can all say that, right? Like, 
we're all juggling. We got yeah. a side hustle. We've got a job and then we're parents and then we're wives and we're partners. And, and then we're also the head of the, you know, the head of the soccer club. And, you know, I think we all are juggling um, so many things at one time, all the time, because we're amazing because we're women. That's what we do. It is what we do all the time. It's one of those things of learning when it's okay to say no. And, right. and also embracing the yes. I think, I think that's, yeah. that's it too. We still need to remember to say yes to things as well and not shut ourselves out from different opportunities. Totally. That's a nice so, reminder. Mm-hmm. So Wandery, explain to me Wandery. So Wondery is a podcast company that started off as a very sort of just a starter company, right? Like uh, a gentleman by the name of Hernan Lopez started it because he just wanted to tell really amazing stories and he was looking for a new business and um, he started and this company just blew up. I mean, it was when podcasting wasn't really what it is right now today where everyone has a podcast. It was back in the day when it was very true crimey. It was mm-hmm. very investigative. Um, now everyone in their brother has a podcast, right? Like everybody has one. But yes. back then when Wondery started, it was still kind of just getting moving. And um, so Wondery is an amazing company. And just recently they were purchased by Amazon. So now Wondery is an Amazon-based company. And um so yeah, I'm I'm in the Wondery family. I'm also in the Lemonado family, which is another yes. podcast company. Uh, and I, but I love Wondery. They're actually they helped me tell my best friend Molly's story. Which um, if it weren't for Wondery, I mean, there's no way the story would have gotten out there. And so um, there's a little like a little lesson in this because I remember, and we've all done this, where you send out an email and you don't hear back, right? It's about something that you need or something that you want to push forward and you don't hear back. So you just go, oh, I guess they didn't get it. And I'm like, screw that. I'm like, I I will email back until you tell me not to email back again. So I emailed the CEO of Wondery. That's my other favorite thing is I just email the CEOs. I don't know who I think I am. I find their address and I go straight to them. I don't go like to the assistant of the CEO. I go to the CEO. But, I don't know who I but that's what you have to do. If you think? want, if you want to be seen, I do that all the time. Like I'll go directly on LinkedIn. I will find people and I will reach directly out to them. Sometimes yeah. I'll be told like, Hey, you have to talk to my agent. <laughs> Sometimes they'll just set it up direct with themselves. Yeah. It's just kind of nice. So right? Better that way. And then of course there is the additional follow-up emails just in case they didn't see the first right. one. <laughs> which is such a beautiful point and helps me with this one because um, when I was recording the podcast called Dying for Sex, which ended up going to Wondery, um, I was on a bit of an urgent timeline because my friend's um, health was declining rapidly. And I really wanted this particular podcast to land somewhere before um, it was too late. So when I reached out to Wondery, um, I sent the email, all the details, all the information. I never heard back. And I thought, well, I guess that's I, I, I guess that's done. And I thought, no, screw that. I'm, I'm emailing back. And I'm so glad that I emailed back because he had never received my first email. And I know that people say that all the time, like, I didn't get your text or I didn't see your email. But sometimes things do get lost in the shuffle. 
And I swore I sent that email and I dug and I dug and I looked and I still have no, like, I don't know where it went. It must've just gone nowhere because there's no proof that I sent it, but I'm telling you, Lisa, I sent the email. So it was a really good lesson for me to just always be the squeaky wheel, always follow up, always say doubling back on this. If you're declining, please let me know that unless I hear you're declining and I'm going to keep reaching out. Like, yes, so I was relentless and it worked. Right. But I also think that all of us have so much going on, especially now. Like we have so much, you just mentioned it. We were moms, we're part of different nonprofit or community organizations, our kids' organizations, we have our jobs. I mean, there's just so much that we have going on that I always think about it too. Maybe even if they saw it and they wanted to respond to it, but they just got lost in the shuffle of everything else. Well, I'm here. Like, let's help put it in the forefront of their mind again. Yeah, that is a great reminder. Forefront of their mind, because I do it too. So that's my little tidbit from my Wondery experience, which is an amazing podcast company. They have great shows like, you know, they did Dirty John. They have um, uh, Rich and Daily. They have, well, I did, you know, Call Me Curious and The Daily Smile with them. But I did Dying for Sex with them, which was life-changing for me. So I have have a special place in my heart for Wondery because they honestly... They took on a show. I mean, it was called Dying for Sex and death and sex are really hard to sell. Yeah. So like, will you change the title? I was like, hello, I'm not changing the title. It's called. And they just went on this ride with me. And it um, critically, it did really well. But commercially, it was having a hard time because people were like, well, I don't want to listen to, you know, stuff about death and sex. And I was like, that's all I want to listen to. But I'm not everyone. Right. So it was. um Clearly, you're 12 million people. (laughs) (laughs) I think it ended up like proving itself. But I think the initial fear was, oh, my gosh, how do we sell a show about sex and death? I mean, that podcast is absolutely one of the most beautiful podcasts I have ever listened to. I mean, I do. I, I feel like you gave all of us an opportunity not only to know you, but know Molly. Yeah. And, and that, that will live on forever. Ah, oh, thank you for saying that. Wasn't she great? Like just the yes. coolest chick ever, you know, but it's, but it's so relatable. It's so relatable in the journey of ourselves and trying to discover who we are, what our true wants are, what do we really need of life? Yeah. And it was Ama- I'm in tears. I'm running. So I'm a runner and I'm listening to, Oh no. And, and I'm in tears like listening. I to get it. Episodes. Yes. And then from there, then you started a new podcast from a friend that you met through Molly. Right. I mean, every Molly's loving this because from the other side, she's like, see, see how important I am. Everything mm-hmm. you do revolves around me. And I was like, that's so true. So when Molly was dying, which took, you know, it was a four month process in the hospital, being on palliative care and being at the end of her life and not being able to really leave the room, um, but still having so much fight left in her. I mean, she was only 45, so she still had a lot of fight. So she survived in the hospital for, for almost four months. And during that time, there's something called, which I didn't even know existed, spiritual care in the hospital. They're your chaplains, your priests, your rabbis, your whomever you need or want. They are there. And I just always assumed that spiritual care meant like people just kind of floated in and were like, hello, the Lord loves you. And then they leave and then you're <laughs> done, right? 
But they're actually employees of the hospital. And they're not only there for the patients, they're there for the nurses and the doctors and the teams as they navigate really high stakes and life and death right there. I never thought of this as a job. So in walks Reverend Peggy, which is ironic because Molly was Jewish and not religious at all. And here comes a chaplain. And I'm like, what are we doing with a chaplain? And she's like, she's really pretty and wears cute lipstick and cute clothes. And I was like, oh, bonus, right? Peggy ended up not only being not only breaking the mold in that way of just being a female chaplain who's like out in the world and dating and being a person, but also a woman of God, um, but was very open to giving Molly the yeah. spiritual care that she needed, not like just the Christian care. Because Molly was like, no, Jesus, like none of that. I just want spiritual care. She navigated it so beautifully with Molly and really helped her die in a graceful, thoughtful, very profound way. And I thought... That's just cool. So Peggy and I became friends and I was like, oh, no, you know what that means? If we're friends, we're going to have to do a damn podcast together. <laughs> and that's our near death podcast that we have now. So, yeah, Molly's inspired it. Yeah. So how, how did you approach Reverend Peggy about being on this podcast? Was she at first any questions that she had, especially when I've listened to the podcast, sometimes the questions and everything and what she's sharing? Was there any concerns about? what was being shared for the public when it came that's to- a great question. Yeah, that's a beautiful question because yes, we did. I mean, I just, we met we met at her house um, and had cocktails, which I was yeah. just like, are we, am I drinking with, I, I think because I was raised as a Catholic kid, I thought every religious person was like, you know, an old guy with dandruff and a collar who was like always scaring you about things. Like I never yeah. thought of- a chaplain is being a woman who has a cute apartment and a dog and a cat in the backyard and drinks martinis and, and has so a life. Cool. Like, she is so right? cool. <laughs> I, know. I know she's really cool. So when I met her, I said, I can't imagine the stories that you have. You deal with this every day because when mm -hmm. Peggy left Molly's room one time, she was there with us for about an hour, just sitting on the bed and praying and doing Reiki and meditation and laughing and just talking about like, what are the things you want to wrap up before you die? Having conversations I'd never had before. I was just blown away by how just effortless it was from her. And so when I met her in her backyard, I said, I want to talk about that. I want to lean into the uncomfortable conversation so people can feel empowered about death and not so terrified all the time. But I also want to know the crazy shit that happens at the hospital. Like yeah. I know some stuff goes down there. Like, it's work, right? It's her job. Yeah. And then her childhood and her life is fascinating too. So I was like, I think there's something here. And she'd always wanted to do something, right? Whether it was a book or a, a blog. And I think it was just the perfect opportunity because she and I could do it together. And um, so, yeah, we just started recording and here we are 15, you know, 15 episodes later. And, um, it's going great. Do you ever notice like this common theme amongst all your podcasts that you've done? that you do go into the uncomfortable. What was it? The one yeah, I'm that friend. I'm that annoying friend that they're like, how's the weather? I'm like, screw the weather. Which, Who are you which sleeping with? Which is a podcast <laughs> you talk about polygamy and open marriages. And if that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just fascinated by the weirdos because I am a weirdo. So I'm like, let's party together. And let's, I want to be really honest. Sometimes I can be a little judgy. 
like a little judgy. And I love when I'm judgy about something and then I get to talk to somebody about it and then they totally blow my mind and make me think differently. Like I love to be proven wrong. So, oh yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I kind of love that, but yeah, I like to talk about uncomfortable things. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. Cause I love listening to it well, good. <laughs> because in all honesty, those are the things that are going through my mind too. Does it work? Right. We've all watched, what was that show on HBO? Big love. Remember it, Big Love? It doesn't, it cannot work. <laughs> it is hard enough to keep track of one person well, in that's your my, house. That's that's my whole thing. <laughs> one is enough. Who has time for two? Can you imagine no. having to deal with two no. weeks? <laughs> no, no way. None whatsoever. Now, I'm sure my husband would be like, please take her when she's in this mode. Because <laughs> like, I don't want to do it. Right? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. So then was was near death the birth of Dying for Media, your production company? That, oh, good question. That um, Dying for Media, I had always kind of secretly wanted to do right after Dying for Sex. Because I... Oddly enough, I I got inundated on Instagram with all of these people that had stories that were inspired by Molly. So I found through Instagram, all of these people that I communicated with for almost a year straight, I had all these great stories of people saying, I wanted to tell my story with you. And I was like, I think that's what I want to do. I think I want to tell these stories that are, feel unreal, but they're from very real people. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of started, and I thought Peggy would be the first story, first great story. I'm also working with like a sex expert who sort of debunks all of these things and myths that we heard when we were little, you know, like, you know, you can't get pregnant if this happens. And you're like, turns out you can. Um, <laughs> all of those debunk, like, de- so I'm working with her. And then I'm also working with another guy who um, who is terminal. And he's trying to sort of find his sexual journey through the same way Molly did um, while he's dying. So I, I remember thinking after Dying for Sex came out, like, gosh, I really want to help tell these kinds of stories. So I had a little thought of it in the back of my mind. And then when Peggy and I started recording, I'm like, I think this is it. I think this is the birth of, of dying for media. So yeah. And yet this isn't the only thing that you do, which is already so much. <laughs> I know. What, am I, what do I do to myself? Why am I doing this? Am I, am I torturing myself? No, I just can't sit still. And while one thing is marinating, the other thing needs to be cooking. Right. And then the take yeah. the one thing out of the oven while the other things in the microwave, it's like, but I have to say, I can't do stuff I don't care about anymore. I can't do stuff that doesn't either. And I'm going to be really honest. If something brings me a paycheck, I love it because I like to make, make take care of my family and take care of the people around me. And if stuff doesn't bring me joy, um, but the paycheck thing can't be something like it can't be like something ridiculous that sucks my soul. It has to be yeah. something that that feeds me and fills me up. And telling stories is just I love it. I love doing it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it probably until I'm in the grave as well. But um, yeah, lots of, lots of jobs, lots of always, you know, always say there's a power in saying no, absolutely. Yes. But um, I love to say yes. I love to say yes. And then complain about it and be mad that I, that I said yes. And then I do it. And then I'm like, that was great. Why didn't. Yeah, but I love that you say yes. And and like I said before, I forget which podcast and it was it was dying for sex, but which mm-hmm. episode it was with Molly. 
And you were yeah. talking about in Los Angeles, like how everybody has a plethora of occupations. It's the slashes. You said the slashes in our name. Totally. Yep. And I, I think about that in other areas of just in the United States. I mean, I can't really claim Europe. I don't know it besides visiting it that well, <laughs> but, right. but there is this belief that you can only be this, have this one occupation and that, and that be it. And you have to own it, stick with it and be successful at that one occupation. And if you, and if you're not, then, then who are you? Well, right. oh, um, that's interesting. Yeah. While I'm of the belief that do it all, if you have the passion and you get the paycheck, (laughs) (laughs) then, then, then go for it, go for it. Why can't you do more than just that one thing? We, we do it already. It's just that. That term, I think it's a quote. I don't know where it's from, but if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Like that, I always feel that. Like if you want to do something creative, if you keep waiting for your life to slow down and to give you space, it just well, it doesn't ever seem to happen, really. I mean, when's the last time you were like, I'm bored? Never. None of us on this call have ever been like, I don't have anyone to take care of or anything to do. I guess I'll start a new adventure. I feel like if you're feeling the fire, if you could just just give yourself like a, you know, that little mini goal of by the end of the week, I'm going to make three calls and I'm going to reach out and I'm going to start giving this energy and that power of intention, even though it's so cheesy and it's so overrated. But like, if you start talking about shit, it kind of happens. I mean, that's what happened when I moved to LA. I remember I kept saying, I'm moving to LA. Did you guys know that I'm moving to LA? And I had no plan. I didn't know what I was doing. I I was clueless, but just kind of throwing it out there. I'm going to start my own media company. I'm going to start my own media company. And then before I knew it, I'm like, filling out the paperwork to start my own media company, terrified, not feeling confident, worried about everything that could go wrong. But I kept going, I'm just starting my own media company. So yeah, the slashes, I think if you want to add a slash at any time, it's uh, do it, just do it. That sounds so cliche. Just do it with that. I don't even know. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like do it. What are you waiting for? Figure it out. But like you just said too, like, and I remember a couple of conversations back, you also making a comment about when you go into something that you are unfamiliar with, but you want to do it. And there's the passion behind it, behind it, how you approach it is different. So you don't go in with this big ego. Like I know everything (laughs) that's happening right into it, inquisitive and willing to learn and asking the questions. Yeah. And I think that is, um, being okay, being humbled. Like I was very humbled when I started dying for media. I've been in front of the camera, in front of the microphone my whole life. And then I started a media company and this much of it, like 3% of it requires what I was good at. All the other stuff I had to learn. And let me tell you, it was so uncomfortable at the age of 48, getting on to learn a new software and making mistakes and deleting files and not knowing what to do and having to call the tech helpline 16 times. I mean, the guy would be like, hi, Nikki, when I call customer service, he just knew it was me. I was like, and I think we learned so much from doing the things that are uncomfortable, doing the things that are easy means you're not growing. And listen, like when I say start a project or start your own company or add a slash, it doesn't have to be huge, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be this big giant thing. It could just be something that you, you know, whether it's even putting cooking videos out on YouTube because you love to cook and you want to share your recipes, like do it, come up with a plan and do it. 
Um, but I'm not going to pretend that it's easy and I'm not going to pretend that we all have time for that. But if there's one thing like that nags you when you go to bed at night or when you wake up, you're like, I wish I, I wish I could do that. Or I really wanted to try that. Um, I just, I just encourage you to, to not reach for the goal, but reach for the step that gets you close to the goal. Right. I agree. I agree completely with that. I also think it's good. And I'm sure you agree with me that if that slash is not working out for you. Oh, drop it. Drop it. Legs hot. (laughs) Nobody needs that. Nobody got, nobody has time for a slash. that doesn't know. And it's okay. (laughs) Yes. I love that. I drop that slash. Like I've done that so many times where I'm like, I'm going to try this. And then I do it. And I'm like, the funny thing is, if you think you drop the slash, you drop it. People are going to notice. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Nobody's paying attention to you as much as you're paying attention to you. So try it, do it. But the beauty of it is that all the mistakes you make along the way will help you with something else. But yeah, dropping the, that's so good. Has has that happened to you or anybody here where you're like, you like slash it up and you're like, I am this. And then you're like, no, 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 no. There's, there's a million slashes that I've probably dropped throughout my lifetime. (laughs) And there are, right. there are a million slashes that have dropped me in my lifetime. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, listen, this isn't working out for you. We will we'll tell you if you don't seem to realize it yourself. <laughs> totally. But wouldn't you much rather have a slash dropped and go, okay, I tried it than to always yes. have that like nagging, like, should I have, wouldn't it be, why didn't I try that? Like, I'd much rather talk about a failure than a, than a, what if I hate those, what ifs or, you know, that, I don't know. Has anybody else dropped a slash and felt good about it? I don't know. I kind of went on. I think that is a great transition, Nikki. So does anybody else have any questions? Shelly? I don't even know that I necessarily have questions. Um, I just, this was really interesting. I didn't know like a ton of your um, backstory. Um, So that's super interesting. No, your family where are they at now? Like everyone, the other, like not, not your husband, obviously, but like, yeah, I'm the, old, it's, 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 I'm the only one that lives in LA or I'm down in the desert now, but everyone's still back in St. Louis. So oh, okay. I go back pretty often to kind of like, you know, just, just be with them and yeah, be back in the Midwest and hang out with them. Um, and it's funny, we bring up my the family. I think about my mom and my mom has always been self-employed, right? She's a caregiver. Mm-hmm. She cleans houses. She, takes care of people. Like she's got so many slashes in her, right. She's also a seamstress. Like if I need something done, like my mom is the slash queen. So it's funny that I, I, I feel like I got a lot of that from her, from my family Mm -hmm. of just doing like you walk into a room and you see what's needed and you're like, that's what I do. Like I go to a barbecue and they're like, nobody's knows how to, you know, cut up the fruit. I'm like, I'm a fruit cutter. Give it to me. Like, right. I think we we do that a lot as women as we walk in and we are like, where do you need us? And we will, we will we'll learn and we out. will learn fast and we'll figure mm-hmm. it out. So um, Shelly, were there any ever uh, slashes that you had that you're like, no, nope, but I'm good. I don't need to do that anymore. Um, I decided I've got super little wrists. Um, so I decided to start making um jewelry in like 2017 and I did very I did very well with it and it like really well but I didn't want to it kind of just happened and Mm. then I wanted to see how good I can do at it Mm -hmm. and then it was just like I literally I started the animal charity board of directors um and then I just had no time I mean once animal I mean my 
my I've like the best two things. I'm obsessed with my job and then the animals are like my passion. Right. So I was like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't need to do jewelry anymore. So that was a nice weight dropped too, because I did feel like I should continue to do it just because right. I started a business and I was like, I'm good with it being finished. Good for you. That's yeah. good. And you did it. And then you yeah. you're like, oh, this isn't Move feeling on. me. Yeah. I didn't I would I didn't get any jewelry. Her jewelry was great. I think it was before your it was before our time. Damn it. <laughs> I did. It was good. I loved everything. I mean, and I made it I benefited from myself from it too. I had That's so great. Hundreds of pairs of earrings at one point, but it's amazing. It was, it was nice to drop. It was a relief too. Just when it gets to a point you don't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. Um, like I didn't and just because, yeah. That. Also just because you're good at something doesn't mean yeah. you have to do it like that. Exactly. I think we've all been taught like, but you're so good at it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like, okay. It, but do you love it? And if you're like, eh, I mean, it was fine for a minute. It's, it's kind of, kind of nice to know that you don't have to do all the things oh, yeah. that you're good at, you know, Definitely. it is nice. And it's also nice to, for her to have that ability because she taught me how yeah. to make dandelion bracelets. <laughs> there you go Good, it worked now, out now granted <laughs> she can knock out 20 in like 10 minutes while i'll knock out 20 in four hours <laughs> i told you just bring just give me a bottle of wine i'll come over and do my- <laughs> i love it oh uh, nikki i did just realize too recently i mean i i think your your current husband is it's definitely the perfect fit for you I didn't know roy from the office was your ex-husband Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah, I just looked it up actually a few weeks ago. And I was like, I never I never would have known that. Yeah, I was then, there. I mean, he was a lovely human. We just yeah, you sure. know, just parted ways. We were like, we yeah. love each other, but not the right should be married. <laughs> yeah. I got rid of that slash. I was like, I'm not a wife anymore. <laughs> Bye. No, he was actually quite lovely. We had a great connection, but I was there with him during the very beginnings of the casting of that, that TV show, the oh, office, fun. which was fascinating to watch a show that was building and you had mm-hmm. no idea it was going to be successful. I remember watching right. the pilot and going, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. fine. Right. And seeing all the actors and going, who's that? I've never seen that person before. Ooh, they got Steve Carell and knowing the, the backstory of all of it. It was so cool to be a part of that little family. While the show became so successful. Yeah. It was kind of, it was really fun. And he's, um, He's a great guy. He's awesome. Well, your your current husband seems fantastic my, too. My current husband's the best human ever. I mean, yes. clearly. Um, he's like, adorable. You guys are so cute. Well, and he's just like, just better suited for me, which is another thing. So I was like, don't marry anyone in your 20s. I'm just kidding. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole other discussion that we had about yeah, marrying right? your 20s. Where did you meet this husband? When? How old was I? Where, like, where, how did you meet him? He was a friend of a friend. And Ooh. so we knew each other for like 20 years. And I was like, oh, he's cute. And he was always like, oh, she's cute. But we were both married to other people and it never lined up. And then we were both going through our divorce divorces. I was like, well, that's easy. Hey. I'll just be like, I was like, that's easy. Like, I'll just like, we'll just have sex for fun. And then I'll like move on. And then I was like, oh, great. Now I'm in love. Ah. <laughs> how did that happen uh, and he had two children happened. too and i so i acquired like two stepkids and i was like insta mom right off the bat and i was like well that that was fast but he's um he's just the best human ever he's a musician and he's super talented and super supportive and just really just a 
great guy. We just got married after being together for 14 years. We just got married last July. So um, I added wow. this, the wife slash back in. <laughs> Good. You did. Try it one more time. Can't wait. Now that you're married <laughs> to a musician, are you going to add singer back in? Yeah, right. You know what? It's funny because his studio is right in there. And sometimes you'll be like, he'll be like, hey, can you come in and do a quick vocal? And I'll be like, what would you be paying somebody to do this vocal? And he's like, $300. And I was like, okay, you owe me $300 worth of head scratches and foot rubs. And he's like, don't I do that anyway? And I'm like, yeah. But I barter. I definitely barter within my own home. <laughs> I think you need a doggy back in your home, too. Oh, Shell, I know we lost our, it'll be a year. It's almost a year. We lost our big old um, St. Bernard. And so now I'm on Instagram looking for shelter mm -hmm. dogs that I can go rescue, but I want to travel. Where should I go? Please somebody tell me where to, okay. So slash traveler is a slash. I haven't really put into my life because I'm a, such a homebody and be such a workaholic that I don't ever take like time to go travel. And if I oh, save my money, I usually time. give it away to somebody, right? I'm like giving it to a family member that needs it. Where, what's have on you, everyone's bucket list for travel? Have you been to Antelope Canyon in Arizona? No. no. Oh my God, look up the fucking pictures. It's like, okay. and then if you have a friend that's a photographer, you could like pretend to be their assistant for the day and you get this extra tour. It's literally, it's, it's the most incredible thing i mean it's beautiful antelope canyon why have i never heard of this i listen i don't i have and i still haven't gone so okay i'll pretend to be a photographer we could go together we'll just we'll sneak through i'll pretend to be a there you go add that slash baby add the slash <laughs> did you see so casey just said her dog yeah, is a rescue from aruba she said maybe oh. get there and bring home a stray Wait, Casey, I want to know how you ended up with a rescue from Aruba. Um, oh, this is so, so cool. A local, a local rescue in Northern Virginia must have a relationship with a rescue in Aruba. And so it, it wasn't my intention to rescue a dog from Aruba, but I met him and I was like, oh my gosh, this dog is perfect. And they're like, yeah, he's from Aruba. I was like, cool. So yeah, it's just kind of his backstory. Oh, maybe, maybe that's a good, I can do two things. Go to Aruba, which I've never been there and then bring home a stray. There you go. I literally have Antelope Canyon and I'm putting Aruba stray. <laughs> what kind of things do you do on vacation though? I feel like that's a big question too. Cause I'm, um, I'm like a big foodie. Like I yeah. want to go somewhere. I don't want to cook at wherever I'm staying. I want to go nope. eat Same. all the places. But I am good at sitting on vacation. I can def I can park my butt on a beach and not leave it all day. I'm proud of you for that. Yeah, yeah. that's the kind of vacation the I like. I can do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm writing these all down. Oh, okay. there's Casey with her dog. <laughs> that's the baby from Aruba. Oh. oh my gosh, this makes me so happy. This is Bob. Oh my god, oh, of course his name is Bob. <laughs> Bob from Aruba. <laughs> oh, I love to see this makes me want a dog, you guys. And they were like, he's half pit bull, half super mutt. And I'm like, great, you told me nothing. Like I knew that. <laughs> it's so funny. Did all the was he just like walking in the streets? Like he I guess wander there. Oh. So we went to Kelly and I went to Jamaica in January, and there were all the dogs look the same. Like in Youngstown, we've got 
primarily pit bulls everywhere here mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i don't even know what breed of dog kelly i don't know if you would in jamaica but they all looked exactly the same and mm-hmm. honestly, we could have we could have brought one of those dogs home with oh. us in a heartbeat <laughs> I already have two. Oh my God. Look at him. He's so beautiful. Oh, buddy. Yeah. I need a dog. I need a new animal to focus on, but I do want to travel a little bit before I get the dog because I'm the person has the panic that the person that's caring for my dog isn't going to do it right. Cause you know how that goes. I do. I do. That's why I appreciate our, our pet lodging place that we take our dog to has a camera. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's my next step. I gotta find that. Oh my gosh. Look at him. He loves yeah. you so much, Casey. He's like staring at you. So I am going to have a humble brag about Casey. Casey okay. is such an amazing friend. She has climbed mountains. She has gone to various countries to help out children in orphanages. She has she rescues dogs and helps them find homes. She is a top agent in real estate in Northern Virginia. I mean, she's just, and I don't even think she's 30. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even you to say any of that. (laughs) That's lovely. That's so, I just love that. I just miss your faith. I'm so glad I can see your face. I know. You have lots of flashes behind your name. You are many things to many people. And I love that. Hmm. Well, now I need a dog. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for this uh, TED talk. Now I got to so, go. Yes. Now you're going to get inundated with a bunch of dogs Ooh. in your in your Insta message. Ooh. So okay. I'll take <laughs> it. you could just foster. So I was thinking of doing hospice fostering because, you know, yeah. I love death so much, but I know there's a lot of old dogs that need like, you know, medication and insulin mm-hmm. shots or and I know people don't want to do that. And I'm really good at it because the last year of my St. Bernard's life it was really hard um, on her. But we got her, you know, she lived till 13, which is unheard of for St. Bernard. So I'm really good at like shots and acupuncture. And like, so I'm like, I feel for those little dogs that are in the shelter that nobody's going to want them. And I don't want them to die there. Yeah, I'm like, come die in my home. And then I'll make a podcast about it. (laughs) Your friend Kiki, who wanted to be on this call, um, that's what she does with our dogs, the animal charity. She does the hospice fostering. And she has Castle. She has Castle now, who when we got him in, he walked in circles. He had been hit and had some little little tiny brain issues going on there. He's a little too. And they told her he probably had like like five or six days. And he's been with us for about three years still. Oh, my God. And he's the sweetest little thing, but he's still hospice foster because what he's just going to because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to leave Kiki. That's why he's never, that dog's never dying. I'm convinced (laughs) that dog is never going to (laughs) die. Oh, I love that. That makes me love it so much. Um, Maybe I'll have to talk to you. Maybe I'll get some info from her because I could use from any of you. I'll take it. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you. You are so sweet. I feel like we just hung out all of us today. I know. The best time. And I feel like I have new friends. And I um, just thank you. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Christy, Carla, Casey, Kelly. And I mean, Lisa, you're just a badass. And for bringing people together to have conversations, this world can be very isolating. And we can get kind of caught up in our own own little hamster wheel at times. So it's nice to, to branch out and just say hi. 
And all of our stories, like you know, Nikki, are very important and they need to yeah. be shared. And her absolutely and ask the questions. Ask the questions, ask the uncomfortable questions. And if you want yeah. to do a podcast about it, you can always call me because I'll do it. Don't forget to listen. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to the, to the podcast about polygamy and microdosing. <laughs> you make me sound like such a whack job. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, thanks for having me. Actually, you could we could do a podcast of the micro microdosing journey. <laughs> I tried it. <laughs> Was it good? It was kind of nice. It just helped with my anxiety more than anything. I didn't like go off to some land and feel like I was like solving the world's problems. Oh, like and I didn't like that's what they yeah, exactly. Do. No, it just kind of less <laughs> exactly. It just kind of lessened my anxiety, um, which I will always welcome. But um, I just couldn't. It was just you know. It was, I try. I'll try. I'll try anything that'll help me be less anxious and less type A because I'd really like to like enjoy things more yes. and I'm learning to finally at this age um enjoying the little things because the big stuff always goes wrong it always does it's just <laughs> life right it just does you just have yep. to enjoy the little things and the in between um and that's what I'm trying to focus on now and this actually this hanging out with all of you feels like one of those little moments where you're like oh life is okay yeah. life is good yeah yeah so thanks I agree well I love you all thank you guys for joining yeah, thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. Mm, thank you all so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to me. Blah, blah, blab. <laughs> should, should we should we cue out listening to your song again? Oh, Lord, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would. <laughs> yes. Lisa, don't do that. Absolutely. Yes, do that. <laughs> I mean, come on. I feel like you should just bust out with a microphone right, right now. Right, hold on. <laughs> Funny you say that. I had a song about this. Five of you. <laughs> like, I, I got you. Actually, we're going to do the other song. All right. Uh -oh. Ready? <laughs> Are you I did one with my husband. I did a song with my husband. This is Quicksand. Do you remember Quicksand? Oh, that's, that's good, too. That's good. <laughs> we like that. Sometimes you think my thoughts are wrong to try. Oh, <laughs> Sometimes you say that you just can't understand. Well, I can't oh, I love you, Nikki. I adore you all. Thank you for just inviting me into your great little group. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you everyone for listening in to The Seed. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, go to dandelion-inc.com and click Let's Connect. And please be sure to subscribe to The Seed's monthly podcast to hear more inspiring stories from other badass women that are all around us. Remember, behind every woman is a tribe of other successful women who have their back. To you all, thank you.